We like sports and we don't care who knows Football, 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 tennis, hockey Yo, 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 you're listening to the Burger Boys Fantasy Sports Worldwide, Wide, Wide. Uh, listen now on uh, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Prime Musics, wherever you get your podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, have a have a good listen today. Hold up, hold up. Hold up, hold up. Bam! Bam! Okay, we're back. Boys, we're back. Uh, I think it's a two-week hiatus this time. Um, Jaeger was out uh, fucking with a helicopter. I was out. Uh, I was out in Winnipeg, and uh, you know, enter peg. Too, too busy. Uh, too busy uh, losing. I guess losing fantasy to worry about a fucking podcast. But we're back. Um. It's week, uh, it's week 15 now in fantasy world, but uh, we're going to go take a look back at week 13 and week uh, weeks 14 there. couple um, solid matchups, to say the least, that happened week 13. Uh, That's one word for it. What's that? That's one word for it. Yeah, I guess. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, first off, Jaeger, how's it going? How was your week? How was your two weeks? Oh. Everything. Oh, Talk about right. it. Buddy, how about you? Not bad. Not say, bad. Keep living the dream. Saving a couple helicopters for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. B- busy, uh, busy couple weeks there for me, but back now until until the next thing happens. So until then, I'll be live at the Burger Boys Fantasy Hockey Studio at top of the uh, CN Tower, courtesy of AW, of course, yeah. as always. Yeah, actually. Um... I'm back in my own studio as well. Finally, I, I haven't recorded a podcast here since the night I set it up, and uh, I forgot. I even uh, put up a little sponsorship there. Jaeger's the only one, obviously, that can see it. With a little A and W sponsorship beside me, um, so put that up. Um, but yeah, no, obviously, we haven't done a video podcast since our producer just fucked off. So, um, yes, since our producer quit, so, yeah, you know what he. <laughs> We never, we never even got a fucking uh, like a two week notice or nothing. <laughs> no, but oh, uh, well, maybe we can, uh, maybe we could get like hire Jensen as our producer or something. You know, he's a smart guy. You could be able to maybe do it. Yeah, if you guys know any uh, podcast producers that want to work for A and W, Burgers basically that's the only way we're gonna pay you. Just let us know. It's in burgers, yeah, that's the only thing. Um, other than that. Hockey's been good, I guess. Not fucking really that great for some teams, but other teams, it's been good. Uh, but I guess we can roll on into our week uh, week thirteen review. How about that? Look, turn off your dinger there, bud. Is that mine? It ain't mine, bud. Fucking my fucking laptop's always fucking. Okay. Always dinging away at you. Yeah, it's just decided to fucking send me a bunch of messages on my laptop <laughs> because I haven't opened it for a couple. Yeah, whatever. Okay, sorry for the distraction, boys. Week 13 uh, review. This happened um, 
I guess two weeks ago now it started. Uh, top of the clock, Yammer Yager versus Larry Love. Uh, at this point, I think Yammer Yager was uh, eight and three. Larry Love was probably five and five. I don't know. Or five and six. I don't know if that. I don't know if the math checks out, but five. what five we're trying six. to say, I won this week. Yeah, he did not. Four thirty nine point seven five to Larry Love's two ninety point seven five. Looks like Larry's falling off a bit of a cliff here. Like he's, we'll get into it week fourteen, but the SS Larry Love is sinking. It looks like right now. Yeah, I mean, he had nothing but uh, potential to start this year. He had some draft picks. Uh, he kind of went. Uh, he kind of kind of stormed a little bit at the front at, at at first. Maybe he overachieved, but now it's kind of fizzled out. No way uh, saying that he's out of it, but uh, he's got to start chalking up some wins here. He's in ninth place. Um, whoever's in eighth is Pickle Peppers, and Pickle Peppers has set the bar there at that bar is at seven and six right now. So uh, it's a, it's it's no longer just a one game swing. Um, but we'll get to that. We're, uh, record- We're recording this Sunday night, by the way, boys before the standings update after week 14. So our, our oh, records right. might be all fucked up. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Totally forgot about that. Um, Gabe, moving along though, Larry Love, uh, he's just not, uh, he's not capitalizing, but he never even stood a chance against Jaeger this week. And that was obvious. Um, Next matchup, Aiden Odergretzky's falls to Rota Taylor. Uh, 460.75 to 495.5. Uh, fucking tough, fucking tough. Um, so this one, the reason, yeah, reason why we didn't have a podcast last week, yeah, <laughs> exactly. So I'll explain myself here. Uh, Rototiller is just he's just an old man, right? So the only thing he cares about is fantasy hockey. And uh, so what he did was uh, a couple months in advance, he circled this one on the calendar and he he decided to fucking um, um. Add a bunch of players that were playing on uh, on a Sunday, um, and he came back about a hundred hundred plus points. I think it was on a Sunday night, where usually you only have about five players playing. Uh, Rototiller caps off. I had a pretty decent lead. I was at like I was at like four forty or something. I had a pretty de- and I was up by like sixty. Um, but I knew he obviously. I knew he had a bunch of players. But I'm just saying. He sacrificed about probably three weeks of matchups in preparation for this matchup to win this one. So kudos to him. He comes away with the win versus me, but uh, he also probably sacrificed three other matchups uh, gearing up for this one. So um, good job, Rotatilla. You fucking did something with your life. Yeah, not, still not a good look for look no. for the podcast when anyone loses to him. Definitely makes it a worse show. I mean, I don't know. He's, I don't know. I guess he's he's still in the mix of things as always, and uh, yeah, I guess good good win, Darius. Yeah, and I'm sliding. I slid here, right? I uh, what looked like it was going to be a win for me and and bumped me uh back into like some some top tierness. I uh, I slid a bit, right? And I I've, that's I think two in a row or three in a row. I've lost. Uh, it's not not a good look for my team. Not a good look for the brand. I just want to apologize to all the fans out there. 
uh, but I think we'll get back onto the horse here. Start stringing together some wins. That's what we got to do. That's that's what's needed, right? So yeah. Um, and uh, to roll to Taylor, eat shit. Um, yeah, that's all I got to say about that. All right, on to our third matchup, I guess, of the week. We had uh, West Coast Express and we had Pickled Peppers. This is a, a good one going in. Well, Gator gets the win on the odd-numbered week, uh, as as to be expected, winning 484.75 to Pickled Peppers 392.5. Not a great result there for Peppers, but that might just be a one-off bad week for him. Good week, obviously, for West Coast Express. He's, he's they're, they're both still in the mix, obviously. West Coast Express keeping his, you know, he's moved up to fifth, it looks like, before this standings update again here tonight. We'll get into week 14, why he might move back down. But, yeah. Yeah, no. Good, good, a, good job, Gator. Gator's, uh, Gator's storming ahead, and his team's now, uh, it's doing what it uh, should have been doing all along. Uh, he's transitioned out of them odd and, or the, just the only odd wins, odd week wins. He's transitioned from that to now getting a couple even wins in there as well. So um, he's looking good. Pickle Peppers just couldn't match up to the um, the wagon, as we call it, uh, West Coast Express right now. But, uh, yeah. yeah. Move, we can move along now. I got nothing. I think we stroked off Gator and Pickle Peppers too much last podcast anyways. Yeah, I think there, there's some people who get too much love on this show for sure. <laughs> Um, next matchup. Uh, oh, toughy man. Um, if you're listening, you probably know which matchup I'm talking about heading into. It's about a 25 cent uh, matchup. Well, Patty Kane would be pissed with this one. Getting short 25 cents. We got uh, Miners Million. 466.25 versus Bows and Hose. 466.5. Tough. Tough. Tough loss. Um, the worst part about it is it was the wrong end. Uh, there was a guy with slight aspirations that needed a must win here. Um, versus what I called on the last podcast. I called them on the on the last podcast. I called Bows and Hose a team that uh if, if you play them, it's it's a freebie. Um, uh, clearly, he comes up with a pretty decent week compared to what he's put together in the past. And Miners Millions doesn't uh, capitalize on that freebie, I called it. Um, and by 0.25 of points. And and Miners Millions was still had those map aspirations of making something out of his season. Whereas Bows and Hose was uh, clearly the opposite way, but he still pulled out with a win. Um. But in hindsight, yeah, was, this doesn't really mean much. No, it's definitely a Bush League result for uh, Martyrs Millions there. You know, if he wanted to get back into it, which I think he definitely wanted to, he strung a couple wins there to get together in the past month or so. You got to beat Andre. He doesn't do it. Doesn't look good for, for him heading forward here. Yeah. Tough. Um, and you know another thing, this this uh, kind of um, played paid a uh, bit of uh, um, impact on was uh, actually the lottery odds. Uh, Bows and Hose now uh, becomes the thirteenth 
uh, ranked team in the league to uh, City and Limbo being the 14th. They flip-flopped, I'm pretty sure, then. So um, if you're looking into that, that's pretty, uh, it's pretty, um, yeah. Yeah. So McElanthorn versus Aho, let's go. McElanthorn at 459.25 to Aho, let's go, 478.75. It was about an 18-point swing. Uh, well, actually, 19. Um, it's a little bit closer than you would think, I think. Uh, but McElanthorn kind of said he kind of uh, he was messaging in our group chat saying, "Oh, it's, our matchup's pretty close." But really, in hindsight, I, I, there was three, uh, two other closer, three other closer matchups this week, um, and um, just couldn't get 18 points better than Naho. And uh, yeah. sorry, Nick, your your team's four and nine. Uh, your hope is going to have to start diminishing here. You have to start flick yeah, that switch. His, yeah, his hope is not looking all that good. Uh, I'll keep chugging along. I see four saying eight pretty good total. I mean, Nick put up a good fight, but it just wasn't enough. Yeah. If you're a dust team, you're a dust team. So, um, yeah, that might, that might be Nick right now, honestly. Dust yeah, team. Dust team. Yeah, he's got to start thinking about his. He's a team that's always been in limbo. He's like the Minnesota Wild of the, uh, of the fantasy of the, or the Minnesota Wild of the NHL. But he's like the the them version, the mediocre middling team, um, like the Minnesota Wild. Uh, they just uh, they either get in the playoffs or get out of the playoffs, like that, and then just never have a good pick in the draft. Um, so McAllister might have to flick that switch, try to. Uh, Tank, uh, not tank, but uh, you know, sell off some uh, spot of some players for some picks here. It'd be a good idea to look at, but I don't think he's smart enough. I don't think his doctor school that he does um, will guide him to do that sort of thing. I think he's still going to try to just think he's going to make the playoffs. But uh, I would suggest that that's probably the way you go, McElanthorn. But I uh, probably won't listen to the word I'm saying. Yeah, I'll see. It's, I mean, the clock is ticking on some teams for sure. Nick's one, one of them. Where, where, I mean, I think the trade deadline's a month out or something. I bet. I uh, bet you I it's could. fairly close, actually. Uh, I'm gonna look it up real quick. So we're gonna do 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 February 22nd. So a little over a month away to oh, the yeah. trade deadline. Just for those. I mean, that's you got to kind of start thinking about that kind of stuff. Whether you're a team that's going to make a push or you're a team that's not going to make a push. Yeah, you know, this is this where you start you start doing your thinking about who you're going to keep next year, what picks you can sacrifice, or if you're a team that's not good, what players you can offload for picks next year. Start start to put the pieces together to that long term team building kind of stuff, which in this keeper league and the way we do things, the year-to-year stuff like that that long-term stuff really does kind of factor in i know it's kind of lame to th- think about but yeah think about it a little bit that'll uh better your chances of winning a championship either this year or years future from now yeah exactly um and i mean i'm sure both them teams martin's millions mackelant and all those guys I'm sure they got a uh fairly um decent players on their team, like ready uh, with good values. Right. So I, uh, 
yeah, I fully expect uh, both. I I would expect both of those guys to try to be in the market to sell some guys off. But anyways, rolling on to the next matchup. 30 dancers, 540.75 to E money's 445.00. 30 dancers chugging along. Puts up a big old number, 540, coming off of a fantasy football championship. I should point that out in our uh, sister, our sister league um, for fantasy football. He's the uh, Dirty Dancers claim the trophy, and he's looking to claim a trophy in fantasy hockey. And he shows up with a pretty big number at 540.75. Shout out to the highest scorer this week. Yeah. We're allowed to shout him out if he's the high scorer. Yeah. Falls into the criteria. Um, and E-Money, just listen to what we said about Miners Million and McElantern, even though you don't fucking listen to the podcast. Um, ship has sailed on you. Um, maybe you'll win the lottery and maybe you'll be able to draft Bedard. Who knows? Um, but yeah. I I'm I don't know nothing. What do you what do you got to say? Yeah, not too much. Like, Dirty Dancers, obviously big big week for him. E money, yeah. That's just, I think I think it's uh, extremely unlikely that E money makes the playoffs at this point in time. There's some good players on there, so if he decides to sell, obviously there's some there's some assets to recoup there. Not too much on that one. I think it's pretty yeah. cut and dry. Yeah, one thing I did uh, for E Money's sake, I have noticed though, is he, he is. Uh, I don't think he's getting matchup help because he is putting up more points than some guys in a weekly basis. Like even heading like previewing week fourteen a little bit, uh, I played him and and it was kind of neck and neck the whole time. Um, but um, yeah, like he he has started his roster and it's not like he's like doing horrible but it, it's still just the records not he's not getting them easy matchup matchups no, not getting the dubs yeah so it is what it is i mean if e-money played either if me e-money played keeper hardly nowhere this week it would have been a fucking dub yeah let's go into that matchup i guess <laughs> a little segue so this one was the uh it turned out I guess almost the matchup that actually had everyone's eyes on it. Um for some reason it should have been an easy W for Keeper Harley Noah versus Sedina and Limbo. It's the friend matchup of the year. Um the hairiest man alive versus um the A the AW boy. <laughs> and uh it came down to a 363 Keeper Harley Noah to uh 360.75 Sedina and Limbo. Um three or two point two five points separated these two guys. Tough blow for Sedina and Limbo, even though he's in team tank. He's going full retard for Bedard. Um, but man, it would have been nice to just get that 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 W versus keeper, right? I mean, yeah, it would have been nice to pull that upset off, but just a couple points shy of uh, a couple points shy of putting it off. And uh, yeah, keepers lucky he was playing Sedin this week. Seems like a bad week for him. 
that seems like a fucking awful week for him. He would have only beaten uh, Larry Love and Sidney Limbo this week. Yeah. Tough. Lost. Tough. <laughs> yeah, everybody else. I mean, I feel like we should be just chirping him more, but I mean, he still is 12 and 1, so he really can't. Yeah, he's still, still, still won, anyways. But let this yeah. sink in. He, he is beatable. Think about that. He's beatable. He showed his uh he showed a color his colors here. Uh just like Aho Let's Go has this year. I think anyone's beatable. Um and but yeah, chug along. Okay, so we'll jump into week fourteen, which is the last week here. I think everything's decided. Yeah, everything's decided. I, I think all the games are finished now too. I guess I'd go scroll down and check that. Yep, yeah, three games did. They were all finished. We'll start because we're looking at my screen when we do these. So we're going to start with my matchup. I win. I beat West Coast Express 501.5 to 409.75. Shout out to me, the highest score of the week. I keep chugging along. I'm feeling pretty good about the team right now. Yeah, man. I would be too. 10 and 3. It's not bad. Or 10, 11, 11, and three. 11 and 3. 11 and 3 after this, yeah. yeah. Sucks for West Coast Express. He was, he was chucking together some wins there. Um, but it is what it is. Uh, you got to take a couple losses here and there. Um, but you'll be 8 and 6. You'll still, you'll probably won't even move anywhere in the standings. Um, I think he'll. This. I think he'll go go below you in the standings. I think that'll be. Oh, I guess he is actually technically ahead of me in the standings right now. Yeah. First time in yeah. his first. I'll shout him out right there. First time in his fantasy life, he's ever been better than me. Was this one week here? <laughs> he had a one week little grace period where he was ahead of me in the standings. Yeah. Look at that. Look at him go. Not bad. It's a good run, Gator. It's a good run. Um. Yeah. Other than that, Jaeger, you're chugging along, and you're still putting up uh, pretty pretty good points total, man. Boys are doing all right this I week. Think, so. Yeah, I think you. It's 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 really it's between you and Keeper and Aho to be uh, kind of neck and neck on that top three. Uh, not saying like it's it's going to come down like, to 30. you guys. But or dirty, dirty dancers, yeah, he's in there true. too. I think he's in yeah. that mix. That's true. Um, but yeah, no, it'd be interesting down the stretch. It's cool. We got four guys kind of in the same pack. I guess we were kind of putting keeper on his own tier of his own uh, last week. But uh, I'm just kind of uh, just seeing how how pedestrian his number was last week. It was kind of like, okay, this guy could be beat. So I mean, when we get to his matchup, I mean he. He did all right this week. Yeah, I know. And not to mention, I seen a stat today that uh, Connor McDavid's like seventeen points away from a hundred points, and it's fucking January the fifteenth. Yeah, it's, it's like forty games into the year. Yeah. So that's pretty crazy. That's gonna be tough to beat. Um, anyways, that's not his matchup we're talking about right now. Let's move along into uh, Aiden Ogreski versus E Money. Kind of preview this a little bit, saying um, me and E Money were kind of 
Not he never had the lead per se, but he was always like I think he started today six points behind me. I just added I I can't, I saved all my ads for Sunday. Uh, I didn't really pay that much attention to this matchup, but I uh, I um you know squeaked out the win per se because it was fairly close. But uh, E Money falls with three ninety to four thirty three point seven five. Um, yeah, it's he was never like winning the matchup, but he was he wasn't going away the whole week. Like he was yeah. always kind of there with you the whole week and uh, doesn't end up pulling it off. He end up. Keeping pace there, yeah. You're going to nine and five, I guess. So, yeah, you, you're, uh, your fraud, your your fraud team keeps alive for another week. I, I know. I'm like the Minnesota Vikings of the of the, our fantasy hockey league. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, one thing I just want to note, actually, as we're going through these previews, I just noticed something. Uh, I probably would have noticed it last week, but um, just a fun fact for you guys. So this week 14, this means that. We are now reverting to our first week matchups. So you're playing the guy you played in the in week one of the season, and then you'll be playing everyone a second time from this matchup on. Um, so just a little fun fact: everyone's played each other now, and uh, yeah. So this is well, round. You won't play it. You won't play it. You won't play everyone a second time. You'll oh yeah, play like. Seven teams or something. Halfly yeah. the second time. But anyways, I I completed the sweep against E Money, so that's that feels pretty good. It's always feel nice to sweep someone. Well, that's what we could have done if we were prepared. Like, look at how they did in week one against each other. We can still. But, I I can roll up week one on my laptop. Actually, we could still do that. I know you lost, so you're one and one. Yeah. Yeah, Gator beat me in week one. And uh, while you're doing that, while you're doing that, I'll review this week 14 matchup. Larry Love and uh, Marner's Millions. Marner's Millions wins 461.75 to uh, Larry Love's uh, kind of abysmal 335. Larry, again, we talked about it week 13. Larry Love seems to be sliding, continues to slide this week with a weak point total and losing to a team behind him in the standings now. Marner's Millions bouncing back after losing to the worst team in the league. Yeah, I'm like a good result for Marner's and uh, not such a good result for uh, Larry Love. I'm liking how Marner's Millions uh, as two last two point totals were just pre- reviewing these last two weeks. I'm liking that he's in that 461. He kind of was like I'm. I'm looking at his Week One matchup here right now. He actually lost to Larry Love, so he's that this matchup's at one and one on the season. Um, Marner's million scored 265 in week one, so he steadily improved his uh, early season uh, production. And, um, I'm liking that he's scoring 460, he's he's in the middle of the pack right now. Not saying like there's a whole lot of hope, but um, as I'm just looking ahead, there is a loss here that we will talk about in a bit that maybe opens up a little uh slot for uh. Actually, there's two, three losses actually, of uh, teams that uh, can open up a spot if they continue on losing, um, going forward. But uh, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, like I said, that matchup, that season matchups one and one. So um, yeah, no sweep there. Next matchup, we got Rota Taylor versus uh, keeper Harley Knorr. 
keeper Harley Knower uh, wins 482 to Rototiller's 453. So off of uh, Rototiller's big hive uh, beating me, he uh, he gets sent back down to uh, back to, back down to reality and get and gets uh, an easy loss to uh, keeper Harley Knower. Obviously, he spent too too much focusing on my matchup versus him that he probably should have been looking ahead to this keeper Harley Knower matchup. And uh, yeah, if I was if I was preparing in advance for a matchup, it would probably be against keeper just because the number one seed and all that. But keeper after, after kind of shit in the bed last week, despite getting the win comes back up with a nice four thirty two, keeps the momentum going as the number one seed there. Yep. So kind of looking at after his, after his, uh, sitting in limbo ma- catastrophe there, I'm like, Oh, maybe, Maybe keeper will get knocked down this week. It doesn't end up happening against Rototiller. No, and uh, yeah, keepers still the number one seed. Still, probably the odds-on favorite right now to get the ship right now. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting when uh, you get to play him again, because um, obviously you are the only one that beat him, right? So we'll see yeah. if he he can come back uh, with that fire in his belly of uh, avenging his only loss on the season. But uh, going up back to our previous week one matchup when these guys met each other, uh, Keeper Harley Knower won, obviously, because he's 12-1. and one. Um, But uh, it was actually fairly close in week one. It was 379.5 to Rototiller 361.25. So it was actually fairly close of a matchup. Um, yeah, that's pretty close. So, but Keeper Harley Knower 2-0 and against Rototiller yeah. now this year. To comb the sweep. Okay, um, yeah, I mean Rototiller. This is a matchup. If Rototiller strings together losses, he he could either easily find himself out of the playoffs as well. Um, I mean, I wouldn't put too much stock in that kind of stuff because I mean he was playing keeper this week. Yeah, I think I know. that's one you look at. You're probably not going to win. I'm not sure he plays next week, but I think prior though, prior to uh, prior to the win against me, he wasn't looking that great. Uh, yeah, I'd have he, to look into it. But. Yeah, I think he was like three and one, and then he, uh, yeah, whatever. He, I don't, I don't think he's been doing too, too hot uh, before he played me. So, um, but uh, you can fact check me if you want. But I, I think that was the case. But I'm just kind of trying to give a little hope for guys trying to make the playoffs and everything. I guess he was two and two in the month before he played you. Yeah, but, yeah. yeah, whatever. That's close. Meddling. Okay, so. Next matchup, we got McElanton versus Bows and Hose. McElanton pulls up 455.25 to Bows and Hose 361.25. Bows and Hose obviously off of his big W versus uh, uh, Miners Millions, who could have really used that big W last week. But uh, McElanton um, does what he's got to do if he wants to keep somewhat of any of his hopes alive. He uh, pulls up with, uh, with the win. Uh, proves to five and nine, and um, yeah, I I kind of already went over what I think about McIlanton's team and and what he should probably be thinking about. Um, I don't need to divulge more into that, um, but he gets the W here and he he scores a, a fairly uh, respectable respectable amount of points. So good on him. He did just beat uh, the trash of the league, so um, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, I want to do a 
Matchup number six out of the week here. We have Dirty Dancers and Pickle Peppers. Dirty Dancers wins 442.75 to Pickle Peppers 411. You can kind of have a lower scoring, I think. Sort of lower scoring. I think both these guys might be in the lower half of the week. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think they're both in the lower half of the yeah. scoring this week, but Dirty Dancers gets the win. Keeps the keeps pace in the top half of the uh, playoff bracket there. Peppers gets a loss, but uh Rotatilla gets a loss. Larry Love gets a loss this week. So I don't think it it'll hurt him too much. And he's still in that that uh, playoff ed, edge of the playoff kind of area right now. Yeah. Um and sorry, just going back, actually, uh I didn't mention it. Uh Bosenholes actually beat McElantern. The previous week one matchup. So that matchup's one and one. This one, uh, my laptop's not working right now for some reason. Shut off, but I'm pretty sure Pickle Peppers lost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So Dirty Dancers completes the sweep of two nothing uh, on the uh, season uh, sweep. And uh, yeah. So, but uh, Pickle Peppers is uh, now two in a row losses after. Uh, being one of the hottest teams in the league. Yeah, let's see how see how it breaks down down the stretch here. It'll be interesting for sure. Last matchup, not too much to go into. Aho, let's go in Sydney Limbo. Aho wins four sixty one to three seventy two point two five. And he's playing the worst team in the league. Aho wins. Sidine loses. I think that was pretty obvious to see coming. Yep. Um, so Aho completes the season sweep two nothing. Sidin Limbo, Sidin Limbo does what he wants to get done. He wants lose. uh lose. He wants his losses. Um, all right. Um, so right now uh, I'm gonna have a little time here to chat with Jaeger because we're the commissioners, because we're the guys who run the fucking podcast. We're the guys that decide everything. Uh, we'll just have a little discussion because there's discussion about it in the chat. And um, I just want to clarify a couple things. So firstly, Gator was saying that uh, the new team, if, if new teams join, if we expand back to a 16-team league, uh, the new teams would have um, uh, the best odds. That is not the case. Uh, the best odds go to the bottom three teams. And the new teams have the same odds as the third last team in the league. Uh, that's how uh to say that's how the NHL did it when uh Vegas came in and when Seattle came in. So we just take the same thing as they do. They're not perfect either, but that's just the easiest way for us to do it. So if we do expand or somebody drops out, we have somebody new come in, that's just kind of how it will go. That's how it went for Keeper this year. Yeah. That's how it went for uh whoever joined last year. Uh, Sam's uh, extraordinary team. Sam's yeah, team got the first. He had the same pick. odds. Oh, he had, did he? I don't think he had the first overall pick, but he had the third best odds. Oh, okay. I think somebody else had the first overall pick. I can't remember though. But that's how it's. That's how we've handled it. I think we've brought it up before, but just in case, I know that's yeah. in it something that people are bringing up. 
And that's it's a segues into the 14 for 16 team league argument. Some people are pro 16 team, some people are pro 14. So I, I don't know how you feel about oh you go ahead, you go first. Okay, no, you you finish your uh, monologue. All right, thanks. I'll go back to my monologue. <laughs> the way I, the way I see it again, when when it's your turn, you can have your own way of doing it. But I I think we adapt it based on who we have in. I, I don't think we go more than 16, but if we have 16, 16 people that are willing to play and and you know be active and all that kind of stuff, I think I'm in favor of doing 16. I think I think it makes it you know a little more deep diving. I think it makes it more interesting. But obviously, 14's been pretty good too. So if we if we stick with 14 in the future, I have no problem with it. Obviously, I I don't have a big big dog in the fight. Obviously, but uh, that's where I think it's based based on how many people we can get into it. Yeah. Um. So the way I see it here, so. Well, we had 16 teams. It was a bit of a trial run. Uh, we had three teams, um, actually maybe four, four teams that were a bit uh, not competitive. So I think everyone's perceived notion of this 14-team league being a lot more competitive is not truly the case because we got rid of that dead weight and added one more guy that's ultra competitive, and we just we just mellowed it out. If we were to add two more competitive guys, the way I see it is um, what I've noticed personally, I don't know about you, Jaeger, is this year um, the centers have flooded the market. Um, I guess it's adding a whole different aspect to your game, but I feel like uh, with having that 16-team league, you have to go deep into waiver wire, and, um, and every good player is spoken for. There's like some centers still on the – waiver wire that people just can't pick up because they just have no room absolutely no room and a lot of them should be on a roster um i know that's i know that's the whole thing with fantasy and and uh you know working your team but i found with the 16 team league centers uh were at their their value um and like the natural center i'm more i'm more specifically talking about the natural centers that's the one thing i've noticed uh, obviously, goaltending, it's a lot easier in uh, this uh, two-team league because guys are uh, um, able to pick up more often. There's a lot more ads for backups, and um, which isn't a bad thing. That's that's fun. That's fun thing about the 14-team league. The 16-team league uh, makes it so that you'd actually, theoretically, everyone should have two starters. But that's not just that's not how the way it goes because there's obviously split uh, split to goalies goalies split pretty good on teams sometimes. But yeah, I think well, I think to touch on on the on the center thing itself, I've kind of I think I've talked about this before. But Yahoo stripped a lot of dual eligibility and triple eligibility for players between last year and this year. I've noticed it on a handful of players. I'm sure it's on a lot more. But guys don't have the same dual eligibilities that they used to have. So that that is also affecting all like the pure centers that are on the market because centers will always put up more points because they're taking face-offs and winning them. 
and they're on the ice more. They're, you're, they're usually guys that are on the power play and the penalty kill. So they're always on the ice more, getting more points and all that. But I think I think the 16 team would make it harder on defensemen because we do start four of them. And it's already hard enough, even with 14 oh, yeah. teams, to find good defensemen to put in your lineup. I, I, I think, think that would be even harder thing, with though. 16. But I, I think 16 is just a deeper dive into the league, mm-hmm. which I understand if you're like, fuck, I don't want to go that hard. The two teams does make it a little... A little more, a little more difficult, I think. Oh yeah, that's what uh, thirty, uh, almost what thirty, or how much rounds do we have? Eighteen. Eighteen. Yeah. Yeah. So that's yeah. Fuck. That's so an better. extra thirty-six players. Yeah. Thirty-six, 36 players. players on Rose. So you just take the top thirty-six out. But I mean, that being said, like, I I thought it was funner going for depth guys last year. I honestly did, um, but. That's just me. It puts emphasis more on the um, on your at your your ability to add, I should say. Um, but yeah, I, and it does give. I think well, gives more trading opportunities as well with uh, sixteen teams. It is a question of sixteen guys that are committed to the yeah. process, even if their seasons go south. Which yeah. I think is still something we're working on. I think we tried to grow too fast to start. We we're just looking for anybody like, oh, do you want to? Oh, do you want to play fantasy hockey? Sure. And then I think in our first couple of years, we started to get we started to get a bit hardcore. I think, which yeah. I don't mind. I'm I'm pretty hardcore into it. So we left people but in the I, dust. I think some people, yeah, some people got left behind just because of how quickly we were get we were getting hardcore into it, trying to win, obviously. Some of us are more guilty than others. I'm pretty guilty of it. Yeah. Like I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty gung ho on it and stuff. So it does um, the the learning curve is definitely steeper, I think, for some newer guys. That's why the new guy we got this year, keeper, Jonathan, he's been playing fantasy hockey for years already. So he's able to just step in and kind of figure it out. Yeah. He was new to the keeper thing, but he he's done this before. He's yeah. done fantasy hockey before, so he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah, and when we had him on the podcast, he was pretty excited about the whole keeper aspect of it. Obviously, you're going to be fucking pretty excited if you draft Connor McDavid, rolling to the league. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to uh, – that being said, so we're not going to go ahead with 16 teams unless we definitely have a definite, like, two solid fucking people uh, ready to go, ready to donate their life to this league. Uh <laughs> We'll make sure that they'll listen to the podcast. They'll be as involved as you guys are. And, uh, but they gotta be, we're going to be put me and Yeager will be putting them through rigorous trials, uh, to get into this league. Um, I think it's just the understanding that it's fairly competitive league. And that if you're kind of new, there's going to be a steep learning curve. I mean, if, even if you've been in this, for a couple of years and you still have questions. I mean, fuck ask me and Braden stuff. Yeah. Like we can help you. Oh, and... Yeah. So get... as, as much as we want to win and beat all you guys, we also want it to be a competitive league where people keep on signing up to play every year. Yeah. So, I mean, if there's something, something we can help with, I mean, yeah, you can always help out. I get, I actually, I get questions all the time, probably once a week. I, le- I got at least a one hockey question from some, one of you guys. So that's uh nobody, nobody ever asked me shit. 
which I, I actually like. So I don't want to well, ask you. I don't want to ask just, you questions. I would. I that's actually a good point, though. Um, um, maybe. I mean, fuck. I'm not the fucking almighty best fantasy hockey guy. Like, if you got a question and and I'm fucking steering you wrong, go to Jaeger. You know, ask Jaeger a couple questions. Like, like I mean, I I, I know. <laughs> I know. I haven't won a chip yet, but I'm. I'm in the mix basically every year. Yeah. And but, I think what I'm something I'll have to go into another time when we have another discussion topic is long-term roster building, which is, again, this is when we talk about the steep learning curve, this is what I'm talking about long, like building things from a year to year perspective. That I don't think everybody pl- plays into as much as I do. On. Right. Bluetooth pairing. Sorry. But, uh, Bluetooth connected. Oh. Okay. Um. Sorry. Yeah. Go on. <laughs> I lost my train of thought to you. Uh, you're talking about long-term roster building, and I was going to mention because I was talking to Max. Max, we some of you guys may have known him. Um. He was actually he's Gator's brother-in-law, but he was actually in our league two years ago, three years ago. He only joined for one yeah. one year, and because he's like, and he's got a pretty good hockey knowledge and everything he's played fantasy before but he he's like this is fucking gay i'm in a keeper league i just joined a keeper league you guys all have good good rosters and stuff you gotta find we got you gotta like i feel like he'd be better now since we all know him but uh we could guide him a little bit better the gator could guide him but uh i feel like uh and he actually some he said he listens to podcasts sometimes so but uh <laughs> um shout out to him if he's listening but that's the thing is we gotta we gotta let you guys know or we gotta guide you in the way of long term roster building. Uh, that's what this league's about. Uh, you're not gonna man. One day Aho let's go is gonna get fucking knocked off his ro- rocker, right? He's gonna make a fucking Whoa. bad move, bad keeper pick, and or like an injury prone season from like his top two guys. Like, you know what I mean? Um, well, even him isn't it. A- He's also an example of somebody who plays the keeper system well. He's always got like when I I go and I put in the keepers every year for our draft, and I always notice he's always got good ones. He's always thinking ahead like that, and it makes a big difference for your team. I yeah. again, well, there'll be an ep- an episode maybe it'll be Jaeger Kranz show episode two where I just dig into it for like an hour. <laughs> about like all this kind of stuff but there's yeah. definitely a lot more than meets the eye with this kind of stuff but it again it's something you just kind of got to figure out um and one of my tips sorry i can't wait anymore i i, I need to just feel you are you thinking what i'm thinking just the tips sorry one of my tips of the week um is actually if you have a dog shit roster, you do not have to keep four people. You can keep two people because there's some some guys that Jaeger sees come in uh, as keepers. Where it's like, why are these guys even getting kept? Like some of these guys who trade their whole teams away. It's it might not be a good idea to keep this guy. Oh, he's a 14th round keeper, but you could probably get him for free and free agency at the end of the draft. I, you don't have to keep 14 or four players. You don't. Because I've seen some pretty oh, bad keepers come in. Where, yeah, oh, there's, 
there'll be some where, I, like, it's a whole team where I'm like, what? All right. Like, most of the times, I'm maybe I should, I might have to start doing that. It's always a busy time whenever I'm doing it, but maybe I'll, I'll leave it for next year. If you want to talk to me about it, I'll, I'll talk your ear off about this kind of stuff. Cause it's, I, like, I'm in the opposite camp where I have, like, I have, every year it seems like I have, like, eight guys I can think about keeping. Yeah. Where like some guys have like zero. Yeah. It's so let let Jaeger live vicariously through your team and through your keepers next year. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> let him live vicariously. Vicariously, yeah, through you guys' teams. Um I don't know. I think we've been rambling for a bit now. Yeah, yeah. I hope I hope I hope any of that helped you guys at all. I'm sure it did. I don't think we were but... talking total nonsense. Um but I mean, we always some go... of the more eso... it's some of the more esoteric stuff. Yeah, that isn't to the forefront, and either like... through our weekly podcast or when you guys are going through your matchups or going through the waiver wire, that kind of stuff, like doing your day to day stuff. Yeah, it only this is the time of year when it should start to come up because the yeah. trade deadline is a little over a month away. This might be a good time for guys to take stock of what they have and where they are as far as contender or pretender or complete dog shit team. Yeah. Um, but that being said, we're not going to go full divulge our fucking whole strategies on our whole year, but we will use us as, as tools for you as well. Uh, not saying you got to give up your strategy, just, you know, ask because, the because we bad question. use us as tools because we are tools. <laughs> Yeah, well put. Well put. Okay. Um, I think that was good. I think that was a good time in of the season to to touch on that. I know last year we touched on it like around this time as well. Actually we had a good like two hour probably podcast fucking talking about all that shit. So um we will start probably almost every episode kind of giving a little insight to our minds and what we're we're thinking. Or uh um, we can move along into our preview of this week. Um, Yalmar Yager versus Dirty Dancers. Um, last time big. these last time these guys met, Dirty Dancers took the cake. He won uh, four seventy eight point five to Jaeger's four nineteen point seven five. So uh, Jaeger's looking to avenge himself. Dirty Dancers is gonna he's gonna try to prove himself here. Like this is, hey, first. Second week, week two was uh was no uh, fluke, um and his team is no fluke. Uh, he's nine and or he's ten and four for a reason, and this is a big opportunity to tie Yammer Yager's uh, record. So, um, yeah, that week two matchup was during my zero and two start, though. So that basically doesn't even count. That's ancient history. Again, uh, this is a big matchup. I got a, I got a good gauntlet of matches here. This, or I guess it started last week with Gator, and it, there's a few matchups here where I got my hands full. This is one I'm in for a gauntlet right now. Hopefully, I come out alive. It started last week. I got the win. Hopefully, it continues this week with another win for me. It'll definitely be a tough matchup. I'll have to pull out all, all the stops this week if I want to get a win. Yeah. Yep. This is this is the one to watch. This matchup is the one to watch. 100%. Um 
Dirty Dancers, obviously, uh, yeah, he's got a chance. He's got a chance to prove himself here. Okay, next matchup. Ain't no Regretskis versus Pickle Peppers. Um, I'm liking my chances versus Pickle Peppers. Pickle Peppers is actually on a cruise in Mexico right now. So I might get lucky with uh, Pickle Peppers Ooh. maybe not able to start his uh, roster uh, some days that he doesn't have Wi-Fi. Or if he even has Wi-Fi on the cruise, who knows? Maybe I, if that's the case, I get off maybe with an easy one this week. Or maybe he's going to be too busy to even look for uh, – uh, backup goalies because he's he's one of those waiver wire guys that's like constantly on the waiver wire every morning picking and adding up guys picking up goalies making sure he's got a starting goalie almost every day he can and um it's gonna be tough because he's on a two two game slide too so he's he's gonna want to come out hard if he is able to get wi-fi and everything but uh it kind of would work in my favor if he if he if he was a little distracted being on that cruise I was gonna say a uh, two game slide. How long has he been on been on, on this cruise? Uh he started a couple days ago. Oh, I was, uh, let's say I, I thought he would have been on like last week or something, and or well, two weeks. Who knows how long? But that that bit of information, I think that definitely turns the tide in this matchup. Yeah. I think. Uh, I no think pun, he, no pun intended. Before now, the tide. <laughs> nice because the tide. Of the I didn't even realize I made that one. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Nice, buddy. I didn't even realize I made that one, but yeah, I was going to go into this whole thing about how you, how you were kind of coming down. He was going to try and come up and bring you down to his level, but I think oh. with the cruise information, I think <laughs> I I'm going to throw all that up, throw that all off the uh, make that walk the plank. Yeah. And uh, say yeah, you win this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you probably weren't ready. You probably weren't totally ready for that cruise information, but uh, I was not. Hopefully, I'll cruise to a victory. Uh, while uh, yeah, nice. pickle peppers is uh, left. Uh, yeah, left uh, shriveled up in the uh, sun of uh, Mexico and wherever the fuck he's going. Um, but yeah, I've never been on a cruise before. Damn. I wonder if it'd be fun. I feel like it's an old person thing. It's definitely an old person thing. <laughs> I was gonna say. See if that uh, cruise can uh, propel Pickle Peppers to winning a ship this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> um, uh, yeah. I, I'm going to be thinking of boat puns the rest of the time now. So, <laughs> boatload. Okay. Nice. <laughs> the West Coast Express versus the Marner's Millions. Um, This one, uh, man, it's almost got that little, like, I can almost. Sense a fucking upset here. I don't know why. I, there's an aura. Yeah, uh, there's there's this air, like the aura in the air right now. The feng shui, I should say. There's definitely there's some trouble in the high seas. Yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I don't know. For some reason, uh, maybe it's my gut feeling. Maybe I shouldn't uh, listen to my gut. I'm feeling like Martin, Mitchell Marner's millions is gonna um he's gonna uh he's gonna take a dub versus West Coast Express and and that's not uh I mean obviously we've uh stroked Gator off quite a bit on this podcast. He's coming off a loss now. Uh but Marner's Millions coming off a win and, and Marner's Millions he's gotta do everything he can from here on out and maybe he does it. Maybe it starts with this match or I guess we'll be starting with last matchup, but 
to string together some wins, maybe it starts with this matchup going two in a row, uh, knocking off of us, uh, eight and six, uh, West Coast Express. Um, this is a team, this is a must win for Miners Millions, it's a must win for West Coast Express. Could go both ways, not so much West Coast Express must win, but um, Miners Millions, he needs a dub here to keep that those hopes alive. Yeah, I. I'm going to go the opposite. I think West Coast Express gets this one. I think he's just going to go with the better team on this one. He, Yeah, he lost last week, but he's, he's shown he, he's got a good team. And we are an odd number week. Don't forget about that. That always yeah. helps West Coast Express's chance of winning. Yeah, yeah that's, you, forgot you put about yourself that. in a tough spot there. Yeah. Put yourself into some dangerous waters there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck. Um <laughs> But no, I I think uh, West Coast Express will weather the storm this week and uh, <laughs> uh, get away in this one. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, I think we're gonna have to bring uh, boats and hose uh, boats and hose back for the outro music. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for oh, sure, most certainly. Yeah, even though it doesn't pertain to anything about Andre's team, but. <laughs> No, it's it's it is the nautical theme going. Yeah, it's the uh or no. No, I got a good one. I got a good one. All right, I'll I'll, I'll, I'll tell you it to that. you off air. Obviously the listeners will know uh once this is out, but uh or once the yeah. Anyways, moving along. Larry Love versus uh Macko Lantern. Larry Love uh Larry Love needs a win. Macko Lantern needs a win. Pretty cut and dry. Uh Larry Love is still there in ninth place, or I don't know what it's going to look like now. McElhinney actually, they're at the same record now, I think. McElhinney won last week. So, yeah, and I think, I think McElhinney, yeah, McElhinney had more points. So he'll be, he'll jump Larry Love before this week even starts. So, interesting tidbit before you say anything. Um, Larry Love lost to McElhinney. By a score of four sixty one to four sixty three in week two, that was a close matchup in week two. Um, tough fucking loss for Larry Love. So maybe he can avenge himself here versus McElantern. And uh, then, all right, you go first, buddy. I'll, oh, I got no, it. I had nothing else to say. Okay, well then I'll go. I mean, based on how Larry Love's season has been going the past couple weeks. I think he's going straight to Davy Jones' locker. I think his <laughs> team is falling fast. I think Mac Lanner will win this one handedly. Larry Love just looks dead in the water right now. And you gotta go. You've Mac already Lanner. used dead in the water though. Uh, I wasn't trying to use it as a pun. Oh, oh okay. I was just yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could. I I was I was too stuck in the nautical theme still. So that's the only yeah, thing yeah, I yeah. could think of. Man, I felt okay. I got three potential songs now that I just thought of for the fucking outro. Nice. I should just play them all back to back. Fucking extend the Def- podcast by <laughs> definitely play them all. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, like I said, obviously, Larry Love's looking to sweep back lantern. It's going to be a tough, like, like you said, just the way he's trended the last couple weeks. Uh, they're both pretty much the same teams. They actually scored both scored pretty well um, in week two. 
But uh, I think the way their seasons are at that time in week two, they had high hopes for their teams, and now they're kind of struggling. Um, but, yeah, moving along. Next matchup, Rototiller versus Sedina in Limbo. Uh, Sedina in Limbo lost to Rototiller in week two. Uh, not a big deal. Sedina in Limbo's two and 12. Not very good. Not very good. Rototiller, seven and seven, middle of the pack. Uh, Rototiller needs this win. He's going to get it. Hate to say it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. I think, uh, well, Rototiller right now in the standings, he's, uh, you know, he's treading water. Seven and seven. <laughs> <laughs> I had that one right. Holy fuck! <laughs> yeah, you just, uh, you're probably were you probably premeditated that one as soon as you seen uh, Rototillers. I wanted to. I wanted to say that. Like, yeah, ready water. There we go. But I think he gets the win this week. I think it's pretty cut and dry. Sitting Limbo's, he's not very good right now. And uh, he's, you know, he's sinking like an anchor right now. And I think Rotel is <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah. Okay, how about this one? Fucking City in the Limbo is a squid. <laughs> I'll count it. <laughs> okay, anyways. Um, oh, fuck. Um, so, next matchup. Aho, let's go versus Bows and Hoes. Um one of these captains is uh, is looking to guide himself to a uh, three-peat. And the other captain, uh, he was actually in the finals last year versus this. This is the repeat or this is the rematch up of the finals last year. We all know how that went. Aho, let's go. Obviously won in the finals last year. And Bozenho is, um, yeah, dropped. So, uh, Ed dropped hard. Sunk. Yeah, Fucking like the Titanic, just fucking yeah, to the bottom, right yeah. to the bottom of the ocean. And uh, but uh, this is an easy W for uh, Bo- uh, fuck. I almost said Bozino's. Uh, oh, let's go. Power on. Come on, stick to it, man. Yeah. <laughs> Predict the upset. No balls. No fuck no, not this one. Actually, projections have Bozino's at four thirty three point five seven to three sixty six point two five. Who knows? Fucking seen crazier things, right? No, Aho's too good. He only loses to good teams. He doesn't lose to bad teams. No. Um, and that's that's uh it's a known fact. Um you know you're getting the best out of Aho anytime you play him, so it is what it yeah, is. F- fuck, I think I think I think I'm running out of boat punts now. Yeah, uh I'm sure <laughs> there's got- quite a bit of there. I'm drawing a blank right now. I'm, kinda, sure, I'm sure I'll hold, I'll hold just sail to uh, victory on this one. Nice. There uh. we go. We're back. <laughs> uh, okay, next matchup. We got uh, Keeper Harley Knower versus E-Money. Um, Keeper Harley Knower obviously will take the win here. Yeah, this is another cut and dry matchup. Yeah. Easy. Easy. Um, anyways, you know, uh, keep you know, keep a hardly knower. This is his maiden voyage into uh fancy hockey, and he's put together just an incredible year. <laughs> I think he continues here. <laughs> oh man, I feel like I need to like fucking watch uh Pirates of the Car- Caribbean now. <laughs> yeah, 
Titanic. Just get the, get the movies going. Yeah. They're um, going to come back next week with a bunch of boat puns and it's just not going to make any sense. It's not going to make any sense. Yeah, no. <laughs> We're going to find a different type of uh, land trans- transportation um, uh, system for next. Boats uh, are what? Boats are water transportation, by the way. You said land transportation. Or whatever, fucking some sort of different transportation. Maybe we'll do a helicopter one for you next week. Fuck. You, I'm going to go t- too in-depth. That's the problem. Nobody's going <laughs> to understand a single thing I said. Uh, okay, now uh, we got a little bit of time left. We can just quickly transition into our standings. Um, and then we also have, I think, uh, little little words from Jaeger later on uh but we'll uh we'll um transition to standings we, we can save of, that well we i can start a new zoom doesn't matter right. um transition into the standings here obviously keep our we were doing tiers uh keep hardly know obviously we're gonna still keep him at tier one even though uh he did lose that or he almost lost that fucking one matchup but he's still sitting there 12 and one right so you got to keep him at that one tier Obviously, keep Yamar Yager, Aho, let's go, and Dirty Dancers in that third tier. Um, second. Sec- sorry, Me, second team. Aho, the three of them Dirty. in that second tier. Uh, West Coast Express, Ain't No Regreskis. Uh, I'm ahead, right? I'm ahead. But uh, do I put Rototiller? Because he's seven and seven and seven, and I'm nine and six. I'm I'm yeah, in the I'm the same tier as as I lost the rototiller so uh, I'll take uh I'll take it I'll take that I'll I'm uh I'm going in the same tier as as West Coast Express uh and rototiller so the three of us and pickle peppers put pickle peppers yeah, in, say, in the put, tier uh where so do you put peppers because you have to put rototiller and peppers yeah. in the same spot I would almost done a separate break there you West Coast and then rototiller pickle peppers but I guess all four. Kind of close enough, I think. There's, there's not a close. Okay, so what I would like to do is usually if there is a, a playoff team that was pretty close to, say, Pickle Peppers and Rototiller in record, I would have uh, bumbled, uh, put the bubble team in there in a tier with those guys. But there, right now there just isn't a bubble team. No, they're, they're both like the next teams are two games back yeah, of Peppers right now. Exactly. Yeah. So. I'll keep the four of us in a tier and um, the next tier is obviously bubble teams. And it's a little bit lesser of a bubble team that I'd like to see uh, because they are two games back. Um, and that's Larry Love, McElanchard, Myers Millions. Um, yeah. I'm not putting E-Money. Yeah. E-Money, Bozenhose and Sedin in limbo are at the, uh, at the bottom of the ocean. Yeah, that's that's Davy Jones' locker right there. I know Davey I already Jones. used that one, but yeah, I think that's that's what we need. We should have came up with what's boat the t- names Tortuga? For tiers. Where's the Isle t- t- Tortuga? Is that good? Is that that's is that a good? I have no idea. Isle Tortuga is that like a good thing in the Pirates of Caribbean? Is that where you like? I forget. I just remember the name. Sorry, guys. I, I just remember the name from the from from the Lonely Island song. Yeah. But as he also says, is, is that, that's is one of your songs, it, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Back <laughs> <laughs> to Davy Jones' locker, pirates away. Oh man, Jack Sparrow. <laughs> but yeah, he says Isle of Tortuga in that song. 
I like yeah. the start of that song, fucking when they're rapping. <laughs> More like the take yeah, your it's... whole bucket twice guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I was kind of like, oh, yeah, that's one of his songs. <laughs> okay, moving along. Uh, Jaeger wanted, do you have enough time or no? I guess. We'll see how long this goes. Okay. I wanted, because we everybody was talking about Connor Bedard. I was just wondering, where do you actually draft him next year? Yeah, that's a good. Considering it's a keep. Okay. Considering it's a keeper league, where do you do it? Like, I know everybody's saying, oh, the guy finished last and draft Bedard first, but do you actually do it? Like, if, say, I'll just throw names around that were available last year in the first round, like, do you draft him ahead of Andre Vasilevsky or Kale McCarter? Fuck. I was going to say McDavid, but obviously you don't. He was available, but you obviously you don't draft a Bedard ahead of McDavid, I don't think. I, I think he, I think because of the keeper, he will probably go in, in the first round, but it's where the first round does he go? I'm glad he brought this up. This is good. We might have to extend our time here because this is a good discussion. The way I see it is you were just talking about the long-term, building a team for long-term. So we've got this guy, Connor Bedard. He's, um, I'll bite, they say that he's too small. But that hasn't fucking stopped anyone in the league this day and age. You got this guy fucking the talent and everything he's had. He's breaking World Juniors records. I would take a chance and draft him first overall. Not just for next year. I'm not, I'm not, because he's not going to go past the first round, right? If you, he won't. Sorry. Sorry Zero zero percent. Yeah. So. You may as well just draft him first overall. Um, if you want to take another, because because like McDavid wasn't Almighty McCheese's the first year out of draft. Um, no, he was, he was pretty good, but he was also hurt. But even that, even when he was playing, he wasn't Almighty McCheese's. Like like he wasn't the best player in the league. So it might take a year. It might take two years for Bedard. Like even look at Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes is stellar now. And that took him three years in the league, but Bedard's better than Jack Hughes. And yeah. I still think I I think drafting Bedard first overall makes sense. But you don't get discouraged the first year. He's going to be good the first year, but don't get discouraged with it. I I that's my point of view. I think you take him first overall, especially if you're Bozen Hose, Sedin Limbo, have your chance at that McDavid esque player. Right. Yeah. I. I- I don't disagree with the idea. I just it if you're taking Bedard first overall, I think you're asen- you might essentially be punting that season again because he won't be a return on investment in the first year, especially with those those couple of examples that I brought up. Hypothetically, if they're available, you know who's going to help you more in the first year. Obviously, it is a, it is a question of. Where do you see yourself next year if you're sitting there taking Bedard? I I know the alert. There is the idea of grabbing that next generational player with Connor Bedard, and I think you know everything suggests that he will become that guy. But uh, if you're drafting guy first overall next year in fantasy put in fantasy hockey, you have to be prepared for him to not crack, let's say, the top 100 in. Uh, in fantasy point scoring this first year. And I think that I think that's something you gotta grapple with. I 
again, this is why I brought it up because I think it's an interesting discussion to have with what I was talking about earlier in the show about building a team year in and year out. I think this will be a, a big litmus test for where the league is. Because I don't think any since we've started the league, nobody has come in with the same amount of hype as Connor Bedard. It'll be interesting to see where he goes. I was I was reading some stuff on the internet about where people will be drafting him in fantasy hockey leagues in general. And people are talking about in normal, in like regular fantasy hockey leagues where there's no keeper or anything about drafting him in like the second round and stuff. And then in keeper leagues, probably the first round. First, yeah. Dynasty 100% for, uh, that's obvious. Uh, but yeah, well, keeper league. That's all different. I was listening to, uh, yeah. Um, a radio show of guy with like a fantasy segment. He said, yeah, like keeper league. Uh, and he said exactly what I was saying about, uh, you know, you always have that risk of it not transitioning well for you the first season, but in that keeper league, it's, it's, uh, it's you're building on your next year, your, your gears. So if you have that shot at the McDavid, I'm just kind of Googling it. I can't, find it because i just i just tried to google uh where Connor mcdavid went in fantasy drafts but uh that's obviously some that's obviously some information i'd have to really dig on the google for and that'd be interesting things if i if i have find time i'll i might try to find out where like Sidney crosby was drafted where mcdavid was drafted obviously 2005 fantasy wasn't as big as it is now but uh i, I think you'll find it difficult to pull data on 2005 fantasy hockey i think you gotta go i gotta i gotta fucking uh, send my messages out to mike amato um the guy at the goalie post see yeah. if i can get into a dm conversation with him maybe he's got because he's got very good uh he's been doing it fucking his whole life right so hey, well, i was I thinking dauber hockey because that was always the big thing like the Dauber hockey fantasy guys back in the day. I think yeah. they still do them now, but it's not really but, the same now. Cause every, everybody can go on the internet and look all this stuff up. So. Yeah. And I'm, I'm pretty sure McDavid was drafted first overall, definitely in keeper leagues. Um, redraft leagues. I, I mean, yeah, it, it'd be hard, but I bet McDavid was going and I understand Bedard is not, but he's got the same hype as McDavid had. He, he does. He does. He, he has the he, same hype. Like like neck and neck, same hype. Obviously, with McDavid, we were undoubtedly thought that McDavid was going to be what he is today. And he he's if that or better. Um, and well, that jury's obviously still out with Bedard. Bedard is a smaller forward, but that hasn't stopped anyone, especially this day and age. And I'm not going to tell you who to draft. I'm just going to say if I were to draft, if I, if Bedard was, uh, if I, if I missed the, the playoffs and I was drafting second overall and you chose Andre Vasilevsky, I'd be like, fuck yeah, I got Bedard. Like, I don't keep my first overall picks ever. I always try to just keep my first pick and uh, draft some guy. Um, Except for last year, I traded it. But uh, um, so, I, but even then, if you draft Bedard, the next guy, 
the guy that came in second, who's most likely probably actually the worst guy in the league. He just lost on the lottery draft. He gets Andre Vasilevsky. He gets, uh, you know, whoever, right? Um, one of those top guys, Kale McCarr. Like, so it's, it, it, yeah, it's a future thing. I think it is a future thing. I think I will go back to the point where if you're, you're drafting Bedard very early like that, you might, you might be punting the season. You might have to draft the rest of the draft according based on that, that kind of more long-term future kind of thing. Whereas, because you look at the first overall picks since we've since we started this thing, I think Rasmus Dahlin was like an eight. Jack Hughes was like a nine. Lafreniere was pretty early too. He was like a six or something. Yeah, I think he was where it started to climb because he had some hype to him too. Owen Power was different because we knew he wasn't going to play. And uh, Sla- like Slavkowski, who the hype was off, he was like a 14. And um, Jack Hughes was fairly early. Uh, but yeah. He was, I think he was like he was, he was like uh, an eight or nine. Yeah, and he was on waivers for every year until he was until he was picked up and or drafted maybe. But he was on waivers at one point, like um, but yeah, Lafreniere is on waivers right now. Wow, well, is he's he's a bust. Um, <laughs> I I knew I had a bad feeling about that Frenchman. Yeah. But I mean, Bernard will be it. Bernard will make it very, very interesting next year at the top of the draft. If so you're uh, one of the factors we haven't talked about, Jaeger, is what if Bedard gets drafted by the Arizona Coyotes? Well, no matter that, what, he's gonna go. He's gonna go to a very bad team, no matter what. Yeah, like, I know. Chicago, they're bad too. Anaheim isn't very good. Although Anaheim might be interesting if they had Bedard. I think he would. That might be almost a. I'd have to look at every single landing spot, but that might be one of the better ones. Yeah. Um, unless the unless the Oilers miss the playoffs and they they get Connor Bedard, then that's the best landing spot. The draft the draft lottery rules are a little different now. Actually, uh, technically, um, Oilers. Oh fuck! They are allowed to draft again. Yeah, there's a different yeah, draft lottery rules. You're only allowed to jump up a certain spots too. You're not allowed to just yeah, jump up to like uh, the first overall from the 14th. There he is. It's, uh, Philly's another option, I guess. They're pretty bad this year too. Philly might Philly might be all right. Yeah, Philly. Yeah, that would be. Yeah. I think I was the one side. Listen, I like Anaheim the best. Anaheim, Chicago is just going to be a dumpster fire for a bit, but. Uh, if he is anything like McDavid and can, with that being said, like I said before, uh, this guy isn't going to come in and score a hundred points right off the hop. He's going to score 74, maybe even 60, 60 to 70 points first yeah, be, year, which is incredible. Know, he, yeah. Which is incredible in a real life hockey thing. Yeah. But if you're looking at the, the fancy hockey first standpoint, over. Yeah, fantasy hockey standpoint, he'll put up, say he puts up seventy points, probably gets caved in on plus minus because he's playing on a dog shit team. Doesn't hit, doesn't block, probably will only win forty percent of his faceoffs. Yeah, if, just because he's a smaller, smaller eighteen year old kid, it's he likes to shoot the puck that's, a lot. That's, that's the thing. That is the thing 
teams in that position will have to think about. I won't. I will have zero chance of getting Connor Bedard because I'll be I'll be using my first round pick on Drysdale again, and yeah. my first round pick will be hopefully fourteenth. Yeah. Um. One thing I wanted to say. Uh. Fuck. I just had it. Um. Okay. So oh this, yeah. This with- is where we. This is where we need a. Uh, Jansen or Andre on the show because I know because then we can get a third guy. Yeah. Well, it's because they're they're in this hypothetical situation. Yes. Exactly. Neither of us. Will, neither of us will have a chance to get yeah. Bedard. Yeah. Like whenever you draft in the first, if you keep your first this year. Yeah. You you probably won't have a chance. No. And I I have zero chance of drafting him because my first is going to be taken. Yeah. Um. One one Actually, thing I want to say with Bedard. I just, I just, can I, can I go first and then? I got a go quick, I just, I just got a quick I thought, fact. Okay, okay, you do the so, quick fact, then I'll jump in my Okay, head, so Bedard, Bedard is a rookie. Although you can't take him, like, because you're going to draft him first in the first round. Obviously, it's just going to be a first round pick as a keeper value. But at least your first year, the next year, you can keep total of five players. Because he's exactly. classified as a rookie. You keep him with your first. Um, but you get to keep a total of five players. So that is that is a good point to bring up. The extra yeah. keeper definitely, and he's somebody obviously worth using using that keeper on. So that makes it. And uh, go ahead. Uh, with me this year, like I didn't have uh, I didn't have picks. I've I've been a dead horse on it. I didn't have picks for the first five rounds. Plus, I didn't have a bunch of picks in the later rounds. I'm still competitive. I don't think, uh, and I didn't have anything close to a first round pick. So, for yeah, first round pick. So, I mean, if Bedard was uh, a bust of a first round pick and more of a six round pick your first year, I don't think you're totally out of fucking out of uh, out of the playoffs or out of or burning a year, like you said. Like you got to think about it that way, like how I just said. And the two guys that are most likely going to get him. Are are well not most likely. I shouldn't say that because it's a draft lottery. It's actually pretty uh, pretty randomized. But uh, uh, Jensen and Andre both have the skills and the mindsets to organize their team accordingly, uh, if that makes sense. To adjust yes. for that, I think they could draft decent enough to, and they they I know mean, the risk. Me, Jen, Jensen, Jensen tried to draft a good team this year and. Yeah, is in fourteenth right now. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, I go was going to bring bring up the hypothetical I just thought of when talking about what I'm doing with my first round pick and all that. Is would I, in hypothetical, trade Drysaddle to the Connor Bedard owner, like after the draft or something like that? That's just, I I don't know if I have the stones to do that, but that is that's another interesting hypothetical. If you are a guy. That has one of those like big studs, like uh, if you have a McKinnon or a Matthews or somebody like that, like would you do, do it? Do you entertain? Do you entertain the idea? I mean, I just entertain the idea. That's why I. That's hmm. why I all came to that realization because it's yeah, it is an interesting thing, especially if I. This is a trading block thing. I'll just throw this in there. My, I am going all in this year, other than my first round pick. So. Second pick down. If you want picks, come to me. I want good players for my team. But say if I trade a bunch of picks and I, 
I'm shorthanded. Do I do I double punt the year by trading Dry Seidel for Bedard? Hmm. As well as have a team with like no picks. But yeah. I don't know if I'll do that because I'll, I'll still have Jason Robertson with like late round keeper and all these late round keepers that I've talked about before. I don't know. It's again, yeah. it's another inter- it's another interesting wrinkle to the Connor Bedard situation is if you have a legit star right now in his prime, do you do you make the trade for Bedard? And does the other guy does the other guy accept it? I think if the I pe- got the offer. I feel like if I got the offer for Jai Seidel for uh, the Bedard pick, I'd uh, I'd take about two days and make like a fucking web chart, pros and cons, whatever, di- diagram, figure out the the best chance. And in the end, everything's about getting a championship. So if you got good keepers and you just need to do that an extra step, say if you're a guy that just missed the playoffs, you got good keepers. You got a good team. Say, what if I fall out of the fucking playoffs and I win that first overall pick? You're offering me dry sidle and I got good keepers on the back end. I'm thinking about that trade. I'm thinking about taking that trade because I think I'm thinking about winning on a ship. But for these guys that are, there's another whole thing, obviously, what we said with the McDard being McDavid. Like, you see how much it's affected the keeper hardly nowhere. Um, and how much his team is just driven by that having him. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's why I wanted to talk about this. It's a little late after the World Juniors, I know, but we didn't have a podcast right after World Juniors, so we didn't yeah. have a chance to bring it up. But it's it's a good discussion, man. It's definitely something to think about, especially if you're a team that's you know, that tier we talked about, Larry Love, McElanner and Mars millions is do you try and make the pushback in the playoffs or do you put yourself in that Connor Bedard position? I, I, I think just, just reading the chat after the world juniors, it seemed like everybody's, it seemed like a lot of people in the league are set like, Oh yeah. If Connor Bedard makes it to me, I'm taking him in the first round, no matter what. I hundred percent. I don't know. I, I just I, don't see a world where you wouldn't. I'm sorry, but I I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it is. It's. I think it's an interesting hypothetical. I can, I think it will impact this year, and impact who wants to make a push for the playoffs or who wants yeah. to. Yeah. Um, it's actually interesting because this is the first time we've had to deal with something like this, where a clear cut prospect, uh, consensus number one overall pick for NHL because like half the time when it's like Jack Hughes or if it's like uh Lafreniere, like obviously we're like, ah, fuck, like wait till like the seventh, eighth round, try to get a decent keeper value out of him. And then if he takes off, then you got good, like lower keeper values. But uh, this is definitely a guy that's going, he's going in the first round regardless. His keeper value for his entire life is going to be first, a first round pick. Uh, you're not you're not pulling a sneaky one, thinking you're getting him in the second round pick. Like I know, like Nick's probably thinking that that's his number one target. He's probably yeah. targeting him in the fourth round or something, thinking that no one's going to take him. But uh, and if he does, and if he doesn't get Connor Bedard, he's drafting Luke Shen there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah, 
uh, it's it's definitely a lot more hype than I think we've seen since we've joined the league. I know like the, the most hype prospect I think since Bedard is probably like Shane Wright. He was the one with, but he even didn't get drafted first, which is he had a bad year last year that lowered his stock and. But like before that, there was a, a there was a there was a lot of Shane Wright hype. There was, but that's even kind of getting into the draft a bit. There's there's a lot of Shane Wright hype. It was it was more of a surprise that he dropped in anything. Yeah, I know because, it's not the same level as Bedard. That's because he was a uh, exceptional player at 14 or 15, drafted in the OHL. Every time you get an exceptional player, you're kind of hyped up. Connor Bedard was an exceptional player drafted in the WHL at age 14. Oh, actually, age 13, he was drafted. He played at 14. He's eligible yeah. still well, to play in the World Juniors for another two years. No, three years. Two or three years, he's still eligible. Well, he's he's not going to be because he's going to be in the no, NHL. he's going to be in the series. NHL. I know. That's what I'm saying. Uh, this guy is next level. You take your chance. You take your chance on him. If not... If if he turns out to be a bust, like an absolute bust, that off chance he is, they, you just don't keep him, or you trade him. But there's no way, you know, a guy like that's always going to have trade value. He yeah, will always for the have. first few years at least. Yeah, there's yeah. going to be. Well, I mean, look how quickly the friend years trade value dropped off. I mean, it's been two years since he's been drafted, and he's. Yeah. Oh yeah. He's sitting on waivers right now. Yeah. Right. Look, I made that comparison before, just like the whole Jack Hughes thing, how it took him. Fuck, people are calling him a bust his first two years in the league. But now look at the guy. He's a, he's he's like a stud. Like, he's yeah. the guy you want on your team. So you just got to play the long haul if it's not quite clicking right away with, like, a guy like Connor Bedard. But, um, yeah. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's interesting. It's definitely – I think it's going to command a lot. Of the off season, I think for us it'll be where's this guy going to go? Leading into leading into the draft, especially there's going to be. I think there'll be a. We've seen I think about half, half the first round this year like kept a guy in the first round. I think you're going to see a lot less of that just because of the off chance that Connor Bedard gets to you. Yeah. But anyways, just good discussion. I'm sure we'll have uh, more discussion. We'll try to get maybe Andre and. Uh, Jensen on the same podcast, bounce their ideas off of each other because obviously, uh, if, if I'm them, I'm keeping my cards close to the chest. Oh, that's true. Dark thing. Or, or let's just see if they can like show some bluff or show some fluff, right? Like at each other, it'd be good. It'd be good. I mean, the way I see it, he's going first overall. I, I don't know. I know it's it does it seems a I'm bit not... of a stretch, but I think he is. I'm not entirely sold on it that he's going to go 101. I, I mean, I, I see the argument for it. I'm just not entirely sure that that'll end up being the case. Yeah. I wonder what Andre will do. I, if he was given do a something chance, stupid, probably. I actually no. I think Andre would most definitely take Bedard. Pull the yeah, trigger. he's got to. There's a clear vision here with the guys that are tanking. A guy like E Money, what would he do? I think he'd go Bedard. Jensen? I I think he'd 
Jets is the one I'm not as confident about saying. No? Okay. Miners Millions? I I think he would I think he might not go Bedard one on one. He'd go Vasilevsky or whoever or whoever it is. Because Bedard be. Bedard's or not I just said Bedard's one. Marners, I think, would kind of go more of the trying to win. Now. He's more yeah. short-term, short-term yeah. win now kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that long-term stuff is his game. Yeah. I think he's I think he would go for a win now kind of player. Yeah. Yeah, I feel the same thing with Larry Love too. He's he's probably not just gonna take Bedard, not knowing probably. You know, just wanting to do the short term. He probably would yeah. kind of look at the long term. Although he has Vasilevsky this year, and, and Vasilevsky hasn't been quite fazzy. But I mean, he's still good. I was I was looking at Vasilevsky today. He's still Yeah, he's, he's getting better. Good. Yeah. Um one guy, uh Rototiller, what do you think he would do? I think he would do it. He draft Bedard? I think it's off brand for him, but I think he would do it. Yeah. Uh Gator. He's got Gator, Matthews. He's got Matthews as keeper. I think he'd go Bedard. I he, think I heard him talk about it. So think about that. So think about that here. That's another scenario. You got say you got Matt you get Gator. Gator gets the first overall pick out of somehow. Uh he picks he well, drops Matthews. I'm, to the second overall, probably in that scenario, and picks Bedard first overall. What are you gonna do there? Do you do it? I don't think you do it. I that's where that's a scenario where I don't. Well, that's that's what I was bringing yeah. up earlier, but I will because I was just going back into the chat reading this. That's where this whole lottery odds thing started. Yeah, was Gator asking about new team coming in and drafting Connor Bedard? Yeah, that's why I say what I say. Yeah, yeah. But I think he's confirmed for the playoffs, so I don't yeah, think he's taking yeah, Bedard yeah. for so he's, long. He's, yeah, I'm just saying that's a that's a pretty crazy hypothetical. I well, think, that's I think you keep Matthews. I really do. That's what I was. That's what I was talking about. Is who ends up available? Because I think because Bedard will be available, there'll be a lot more teams freeing up their first round players. Yeah. So there'll be more more good. Players say Nick because he has McKinnon as a first round keeper. Say Nick yeah. ends up with the first overall pick. What happens there? I think he he keeps I, McDay, or McKinnon. I, I I think he keeps McKinnon too. And then you go to but second again, overall I, pick. You got yeah, yeah. But again, that's what we're talking about: is who do you free up for? Uh, yeah, for a chance at it'll be an interesting is, draft. Is, if- there will be some interesting players shaking loose, I think, in the yep. first round because of that. So, and then that brings up who, fuck, who do you draft? So for next year, it's going to be like, so if 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 a guy gets doesn't get kept because of their chance for Bedard, there's going to be picks available for the guys that lose out on the Bedard sweepstakes that actually probably win for this next year, the 2023. 2024 season because they got the better player that draft and they got a better chance at the playoffs at, at a championship than the guy that won the Bedard sweepstakes. 
Yeah, for sure. It's, I think it brings up some interesting hypotheticals. And then another caveat, because everybody, the draft board that we're looking at, like the ADP and stuff and the X rank, whatever, that's all on there. Oh, that fucking that does, that That oh, doesn't really. account for keeper, but that's that's on everybody's screen. Yeah. And the, the list and the orders so it might doesn't sway, account for keepers. It might sway people's opinions and... Bedard might be a bit further down the list than other guys that they're looking at. Yeah, I know. I I know. Like I sometimes I go off of. Oh yeah. I I pivot away from the list pretty frequently. Yeah. But I, mean, I don't know how everybody else drafts. Oh, last season I couldn't even follow that list. I was like, why is this guy even here? Like I was like, fucking. Uh yeah. No. Yeah, that's another tip for another time. It's just. Throw that list away. I mean, I I disagree wholeheartedly. Yeah, I just I think it's the 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 expert rank is kind of bunk, but I like looking at ADP. But that's not keeper though. That's not ADP for keeper. It's not, but it's good to have as a reference point. I think for where. Where where the market's going on guys, keeper or yeah. not? Because even even if you're thinking long term keeper, young guys are still going are going to jump up ADP in regular drafts, but just because people think the breakout's going to happen. Oh yeah, yeah. This next year, yeah. so it is interesting. It's interesting to look at. It's not the be all end all for drafts. Yeah, but it's something that you like to look at. Yeah. Well, anyways, that was a good discussion. Um, hopefully that helped anyone thinking about the Bedard situation. Um, it probably you probably already knew what you were fucking gonna do. At this point, if you're in that position, you got a pretty good chance that you know what you're fucking gonna do. The thing uh, is, I I was just putting myself in those shoes. I don't think I know what I would do yet. Yeah, but you also have a good team, right? You have dry sidle. Like, what do you you've? But I'm saying I'm putting myself in the yeah. shoes. To somebody who's not so blessed. It all depends on your keepers and everything too. If you got dog shit keepers, I say you go Bedard. Yeah, there is. It's there is almost a thing to say. Fuck it, go with Connor Bedard because yeah, take a risk. Being, who who knows who knows how long this league goes? But you could potentially be drafting a a surefire stud. You could just have a surefire stud every year for the next yeah. five years, ten years, whatever, however long this shit goes. Yeah. So it is. It is. It's interesting. It's a lot man. more to think about. It's interesting for sure. Okay. Well, I think uh, we've over overstayed our uh, our time. It was actually a bit of a longer one this year. I think it's probably gonna be the longest one this year that we've done, except for that one maybe that we did with uh, Pepper. Uh, and the 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 Livingston brothers and uh, and Jensen, we probably went a little bit longer on that on those ones. Um, on yeah, that this one, was but, a bit of it. This was a bit of a deep dive podcast. A deep dive, good to do. Yeah, and I'm sure I'm hopefully hopefully it help people um, kind of decide to d- get dive into the deeper things in fantasy, not just the matchups, not just the previews. Um, but it was good. It was good because. Actually, I'm glad you brought up that Bedard thing because that's that is a it's definitely a talking point amongst some some people here in the league for sure. 
Um, well, it was just in the chat there, so that's kind of yeah. what spurred my exactly. thought originally. Exactly. But, you know, what do you know? You know? No, not much. And uh, I guess we'll, uh, we'll put this cruise ship to bed. Really sorry I'm late. I just got caught up watching the Pirates of the Caribbean marathon. Have you seen those things? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, are, those are great. Well, I listened to your track, and I loved it. And I wrote you this big, sexy hook I think you're going to really dig. Oh, wow. That's awesome. great. You want to just lay it down? Boys, let's get to it. To it. To it. for three. Now, who should I take? Keeve? Yes. And T-Pain. Cool. Shout 
Get your towels ready, it's about to go down. Everybody in the place hit the fucking deck. But stay on your motherfucking toes. We running this, let's go. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Everybody look at me, cause I'm sailing on a boat. I'm on a boat. I'm on a boat. Take a good hard look at the motherfucking boat. I'm on a boat, motherfucker, take a look at me. Straight floating on a boat on the deep blue sea. Busting by night, wind whipping out my coat. You can't stop me, motherfucker, cause I'm on a boat. Picture trick. Getting everybody away, but this ain't Sea World. This is real as it gets. I'm on a boat, motherfucker. Don't you ever forget? I'm on a boat and it's going fast and I got an article theme. Pass me the Afghan. I'm the king of the world on a boat like Leo. If you own the show, then you show not me. Get below deck with a tick in your hand. Boats and hoes, 